0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: As we celebrate the Father's Day in the U.S. here, I want to be able to focus our attention on another kind of stronghold. A stronghold that many of us do not pay attention to. A stronghold that our culture, for some reason, have decided to be willfully unaware of. Our society has chosen to close its eyes to this. And this stronghold is so dangerous to the lives of children, to the lives of family, to the lives of women, that yet our society is willing to rationalize it. We are willing to rationalize this particular stronghold. Not only that, we are willing to shift the blame of the destructive element of this stronghold into other things. Not only that, instead of confronting this terrible stronghold, we eagerly spend money and resources and our time seeking the wrong solution. Seeking a different solution, and rather than acknowledging the look, you know, acknowledging and looking for solution for this particular stronghold, our society is determined to stick to the destructive path that has been created by this particular strongholds, and that's why in this particular behavior, you see it in the book of Romans, chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. If you start reading from verse number 21, the Bible says, Paul, the Paul the Apostle described for us in verse number 21: say, because they knew God. They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart were darkened. Professing to be wiser, they became fools. In other words, Paul the Apostle is saying that the people of the old, of the last days, which is represented in our culture today, is that many of us just refuse. We know God. We know what God has done. We know the mistakes that we're making, but we refuse to acknowledge it. In our society, we know the danger of this particular stronghold I'm about to talk about. We know how it's been ravaging and destroying families and children. And yet we have chose to close our eyes to it. We have chose to ignore it. And we stubbornly continue in this particular, in this particular, uh, lifestyle and our sophistication in our society. And uh, we are, because of our sophistication, we are now beginning to mortgage the future of our children just because of this particular, you know, of this particular, uh, stronghold and professing to be wise we have become foolish in this particular culture and the question is what is the stronghold that I'm talking about I'm talking about the stronghold of fatherlessness the stronghold of fatherlessness there are many people in our culture today who have no idea what a father looks like who have no interaction with fathers and because of that particular situation the culture is going the way it's going And yet we are closing our eyes to it. In the book of Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4. If you start reading from verse number 4. The Bible tells us a very very fascinating something. Fascinating passage of scripture. Malachi chapter 4. Reading from verse number 4. The Bible says remember the laws of Moses. My servants which I command him in horror for all Israel, with the statue and judgment. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and the dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. This very fascinating verse of the scripture is fascinating because, number one, it's a reminder to look back at God's revealed word from the time of old. That's what the Bible is saying. If that verse, of... Say, look back to Moses. Remember the laws of Moses, my servant, which I command him in Horeb for all Israel. Say, look back. At God's revealed war. Number two, it's interesting because it's encouraging us to look forward at the victory, at the final victory of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and the dreadful day. There is a future that is out there. There's a past, there's a future. That verse of the scripture is saying, Look at the past, look into the future. But most importantly, I want you to notice sandwich between the past and the future is the presence. And for the future to become a reality, what you do in the present matters a lot. It's now telling us from that verse of the scripture, the responsibility to act in the present upon the word of God and the effect of that word of God upon not your life, but just the generational responsibility, the the generational relationships. So that verse of the scripture is telling us three things. It says, look back. See what God has instructed you in the past. Look forward. See what is coming that the Lord Almighty has put in place and then look at your life today and do something about it. That's basically what the verse of scripture is telling us. In other words, the Bible is telling us that there is an instruction that the Lord has given to us in the past. There is a promise that is made concerning us in the future. And the Bible is now saying that the realization of the future promise. Is a function of you remembering the promise, remembering the uh, the, the word of God and acting upon that promise, that word of God today. You cannot get any blessings from the almighty God except you remember the instruction that he has given to you and act upon it. If you don't act upon the promise, you are going to see the promise, but you will not enjoy it. And the Lord is now making us understand that standing between the past and the present. Sorry, standing between the past and the future is the present. And for the future to yield its promise, for the future to deliver, you must do something about what the Lord is promising you in the present. Remember the laws of Moses, my servants, which I command him in horror. For all Israel. With the statutes and judgments. Behold I will send Elijah the prophet. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the heart of the fathers to the children. uh, The heart of the father to the children. And the heart of the children to their father. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Bible is saying there is a great and a terrible day that is coming. A great and a terrible day is coming. And before that day comes, God is saying, I will send Elijah. And his primary assignment will be the primary job that Elijah is going to do is to turn the heart of the fathers to their children and turn the heart of the children to their father. And the question is why? Why is Elijah supposed to come? Why is the heart of the father have to be turned to the heart of the, turned to their children? Why is the heart of the children to be turned to their father? Why is it necessary for Elijah to turn the heart of the father to their children? The Bible tells us the reason for the coming of Elijah. The reason for the turning of heart is so that you can avoid a curse. You can avoid a curse that is coming upon the earth. In other words, if the heart of the fathers is not connected to their sons and daughters, if the heart of the daughters and their sons and the sons are not connected to their parents, there will be a curse upon that particular lineage. That's what the Bible is simply telling us. So we can simply say, a curse will always be exist. A curse will always exist where there is no relationship between the fathers and the children. That's basically what the Bible is saying. When there is a disconnection between the father and the sons When there is a disconnection between the father and the daughters There will always be a curse There will always be a There will, there will always be a malfunctioning In that particular relationship When the fathers and the children are not united When they are not in harmony A curse will ensue God knows this That's why he said do something about it And the interesting thing is that anything, You will notice that most of the things that the Lord tells for our own good The devil also knows it God knows that when there is a disconnection between the children and their father, problem will come. The devil also knows it. Okay? The devil also knows it. And that's why the devil does everything possible to make sure that the fathers are not in the life of their children. That's why the devil makes sure it is possible that the fathers act like vagabonds that's why the devil makes sure that the fathers abandon their wives abandon their family and walk out on their family because he knows as long as there is no relationship between the father and the children there's always going to be a problem that's why he makes sure he separates the fathers and their children now you may begin to ask yourself the question why is this the case Why is it that when there is no relationship between the father and their children, there is always problem? When there is no harmony, there is always a cause for resolve. Why is that the case? Why is it important that the heart of the father must be connected to his children? Why is it that the children must be connected to their father? To understand this, what Malachi is talking about, what the book of Malachi is talking about, you must first understand who a father is. Who is a father? Because when you understand who a father is and the role of the father and the importance of the father, then you will begin to understand that if there is no connection between the father and his children, there is always going to be a problem in the life of that children. There's always going to be a problem when the father is missing. There's always going to be a problem when the father is not doing what he's supposed to do. There's always going to be a problem when there is no harmony between the father and his children. So the question is, who is a father? And why is a father important? Before we attempt to define who a father is, I want to state very, very clearly here that you must understand that every normal, viral, and healthy man can produce a baby. That is the genetic code that God has put in the body of a man. He can produce a baby. But not everybody that produces a baby is a father. Not everybody. Some people are just donors, and that's what they are good for, and that's the end of the story. And some people are just knucklehead. They shouldn't even be. They shouldn't even be allowed to come close to a normal human being. So, not everybody that gives birth to a child is a father. Any man can impregnate a woman and have a baby, but that does not make that man a father. A father is not just what you do; it is who you are. And your relationship with your with your family. And that's why the Bible tells in the book of First Corinthians chapter 4, when Paul the apostle was trying to tell the Corinthians the difference between a father and a teacher, the Bible tells us that he said, so do, if it, say for do ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. Paul is trying to let them know you can have people talking to you. You can have people giving instruction. You can have people teaching you. You can have all sorts of things going on, but you only have very few fathers. And why is that? So the father, the man can produce a child does not mean automatically make him a father. So the question of who is a father? Who is a father? A father is a progenitor. And what that, what that means is that he is the one that originates a particular individual that's who a father is number two a father is the source For that particular individual. In other words when you are talking about the life. When you are talking about the resources. When you are talking about whatever that particular child needs to grow. A father is the one that provides it. A father is the creator. A person through whom something exists. A father is the originator. The one that starts something. A father is the foundation. Upon which the family sits. A father is the root. That anchors a particular individual solidly. That's who a father is. And not all men are that. They can give back to children. But not all of them can fulfill this particular role. But most importantly. A father is a sustainer. Okay. A father is a sustainer. The Bible makes us to understand. The book of Hebrews chapter 1. When he's talking about the almighty God, He a God who has sundered through at various times and in various ways spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophet, and has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he also he made the world. Now pay attention to verse number three. He said, being the bright being and who being the brightest of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. In other words, he is the one that created and he is the one that is upholding it. A father creates, a father upholds. A father creates, a father sustains. A father creates, a father supports. You cannot just deliver the baby and walk away. It doesn't work like that. God did not create the world and just took his vacation and went to Hawaii and seeking pina colada with that umbrella inside. That's not what God did. God continued to hold the world in balance by the word of his power. God continues to sustain and if there is a father, that father not only produces, he supports and he sustains. Okay? So, because God, because fathers are progenitors, because fathers are the source of life, because they are creator, because they are originators, because they are the foundation of the life of the child, because they are the root that holds the child, because they are the ones that sustain the child. For a child to flourish, that child must be connected to the father. For the child to continue to enjoy the benefit of life that has been given to him by his own father, that person, that particular father, must be conne- that particular child must be connected to that father. In John chapter fifteen, the Bible tells us there. it says, "I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser." He said, abide in me and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. In other words, a father or a son or a daughter that is disconnected from the father, you will find that 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 particular life source, that particular nourishment, that comes through that particular root of which the father is, is cut off. That's why you need to be connected to the fathers. That's why the heart of the fathers have to be connected to the sons and the daughters. And the heart of the daughters must be connected to their fathers. Because they are the ones that support. Because it's the foundation that you stand upon. It is the root that supports you. Without me, you can do nothing. So, for the child to be able to prosper... For the future of the children To be what it's supposed to be The fruitfulness and productivity Is a function of number one Recognizing and respecting the foundation Upon which you are standing That's why the Bible tells us Very clearly in the book of Exodus After the Lord says Honor your After the Lord says that you should not take the name of the Lord God in vain You should respect the Sabbath and everything The next thing that the Lord says is, Honor your father and your mother Why? He says, so that your days on this earth might be what? Might be long. If you do not respect the foundation upon which you stand, you find out that you yourself will cut that foundation from under your own feet. So fruitfulness and productivity is a function of recognizing and respecting and honoring your foundation. Number two, the Bible tells us that that particular foundation has to be respected and that's what you see in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Which is like a a, 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 a a paraphrase of Exodus chapter 20. Exodus, Ephesians 6 is just like Paul paraphrasing the Old Testament. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And I want you to look at verse number 3 of that chapter. It says in verse number 3, that you may, that it may be well with you. Okay? And that you may live long upon the earth. If you turn that verse of the scripture around and put in the negative, which means that if you do not respect your foundation, if you do not recognize the roots that bore you, if you do not respect the source where you came from, it will not be well with you and you will not live long. That's basically what it means. And that's why a lot of people are dying. Not because of their own fault. But because the fathers have decided to walk away from the life of their children. They have cut the children away from the source. And that's why the children are having trouble today. And the Bible says that the fathers have eaten soul grapes. And the teeth of their children are what is It's on the edge. Most of what the things that the children are suffering is not because of the fault of the children. It's not because of what they have done. It's because of what their fathers have done. If the life of your child is going to be what it's supposed to be. Make every effort to connect the fathers. So fruitfulness and productivity of a child is a function of recognizing, respecting and honoring his or her foundation. Number two, fruitfulness and productivity is a function of staying connected to the source. Number three, fruitfulness and productivity is a function of trusting and relying on your root to provide support and nourishment. When you are disconnected from your roots, receiving nourishment becomes difficult, if not impossible. It is not possible for the tree, for a leaf to, for a branch that has been broken away from the tree to continue to receive nourishment from that tree. And that is what is happening to a lot of children and a lot of families today. That's why, my, uh, that's why Malachi said that the heart of the fathers must be turned to the children. And the heart of the children must be turned back to their fathers to avoid this particular dreadful consequences. Because God knows that if this does not happen, a curse will follow. And what is the manifestation of that curse that we are seeing? Because when you look at courses, you think there's one particular person who focus, 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 No, that's not that. There's more to that. The manifestation of the courses that we see life today is a disconnected life. How many people are in the midst of a crowd and yet they are still lonely? How many people do you know that yes, they are surrounded. They have a million people following them on Facebook and yes, they are still very lonely people. It's because there's a disconnection. And that is the plague that we're talking about. Number one, the cause of fatherlessness in our society is what you see in disconnected life. Number two is the issue of identity crisis. People who don't know who they are because if you don't have a father that keeps telling you that you are my son, you are the one that, this is where you are from, and gives you a sense of identity and roots you, you will find out that you will end up not knowing who you are. And that is what we see right now, a case of identity crisis. That is the cause of fatherlessness. Number three, there is what is called the unproductive efforts. Because you are putting all the effort, but there is no sustaining power behind it. Number four is what is called barrenness and fruitfulness. Barrenness and fruitlessness. When you see individuals putting a lot of effort, doing all the work, but yet for some reason, those things don't amount to anything. They get to the edge of breakthrough and that breakthrough slips away from them. This is the result of the fatherless, the cause of fatherlessness in our society. There's also what is called the aborted and wasted potential. You look at the kid. You know this kid is smart. You know this kid is intelligent. You know that yes, whatever the lady has to do, they will be able to prosper. But for some reason, they are not settled. For some reason, they are always getting in trouble. For some reason, they are always against the law. And because they are always against the law, they are not able to focus and accomplish what they are supposed to accomplish. Because there is no father figure To speak into the life of that child. Or speak into the life of that girl or that boy. To cause them to be able to stay focused. And accomplish the goals that God has set for them. So you have what is called aborted and wasted potential. As one of the causes of fatherlessness. And these are just some of the many ones that we are talking about. And my brothers and sisters, you don't need me to tell you. To see what is going on in our culture. You don't need me to tell you. You don't need me to explain it to you. You can see them. I mean, how can you explain that in, in just 50 or 60 years, the number of children that are born to you know, born out of wedlock grew from 5.3% in 1960 to over 40% in, 19, in 2008. How do you explain that? Where are the fathers? Huh? Not only that, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, you find that 50% of black children are living, you know, they, they don't have the fathers in the house. of this particular, of Hispanic children, they don't have fathers in the house. 18% of the white children, they don't have fathers in the house. Where are all these people? Where are the fathers? Where are they? As of 2014, 23% of children do not have their fathers in the house. And about 92% of the men in jail, they are fathers. And they are sitting in jail. What happens to their family? What happens to their children? What happens to their wife? and this is the result and as a result of this particular trait you will find out that adolescent boys whose fathers are not in the home they are more likely to engage in delinquent behavior they are more they are likely to engage in drugs they are more likely to engage in the things that they are not supposed to put their hands into when the father is not present and please let me, okay, let, me let me quickly underscore something the absence of the father is not just a physical absence I am talking about emotional absence I'm talking about psychological absence. I'm talking about spiritual absence. There is a time when the man can be there, but he's not there. Have you ever been been talking to somebody and you're asking a question and he's looking at you? His mind is a million miles away. He's there physically, but he's not there. So I'm not talking about just physical absence. I'm talking about the absence of the fatherly figure. The absence of the fatherly activity in the life of a child. And when those activities are missing, adolescents, most of the boys who don't have that kind of influence, they tend to bring, they tend to become delinquent in their behavior. Not only that children who are born, you are children from fatherless homes, about 279%, they are most likely to carry guns, deal drugs, and do things that other people don't do. Why? Because the fathers are not there. And these are just, and all these research, these are just some of the research that are, that are out there. This is not church saying it now, these are people who are outside, they are not Christians. They don't read the Bible. And they came up with the same statistics that the Bible is telling us. And all these research, research point to the same conclusion. And that conclusion is that fathers are important in the lives of their children. Mothers do a role, not for mothers perform a role, but it's different from what the father does. The mother provide nourishment, provides that particular emotional thing, but the father provides something else. And the fathers are important. One of the very first major conference I attended in this issue of fatherhood happened in 2005. My daughter was still in the, was still in Head Start School and I had to represent Nashville then. We went to Dallas and we had this conference. You need a place was filled. Government was putting money because they knew there was a problem when the fathers are not in the home. Okay? Fathers are important to their children. And the question is why? Why is the father so important in the life of a child? Number one, the father is important because the father provides what is called identity. You get your identity from your father. Jesus Christ, the Bible makes us to understand that when Jesus is about to start his ministry, As he was baptized, the Bible says as soon as he came out of the water, a voice from heaven came and said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased.' The father gave him that identity there and there. Everybody knew that this one belonged to the Almighty God. Your father is important because he gave you the identity. You don't have to like his face, but he gave you the identity. Number two, fathers are important in the life of their children because they are the one that instills self-worth. Jesus Christ said in the book of John chapter 15, Reading from verse number 9. He said, as the Father loved me, I also love you. And I ab- and ab- and you abide in my love. In other words, if you have not received love, it's going to be very difficult for you to give it. And that's why some ladies don't know how to give love because they have never experienced true love. That's why some children don't know how to respond to love because they have never been loved. That's why some people don't know how to be able to respond when somebody is good to them because they have never seen anybody being good to them. All they have ever known is somebody slapping them around, somebody talking down to them, somebody demeaning them. A father instills self in the life of his child. That's why it's important. Your mother can tell you I love you, I love you, I love you. But there's a difference. When your father tells you, I love you, there's a difference. When your father pat you on the back and says, you are beautiful, there's a difference. When you see a young girl walking out of the room after dressing up and the father looks and says, man, she's beautiful, she's lovely, hey, she takes your breath away, that girl will be walking on cloud nine. No boy will talk rubbish because he know my father lost me at home. The father produces, instills self-worth. Number three, the father shapes your action and your behavior. When your father is you, your father is supposed to be, he shapes your action. John chapter 8 verse 38, the Bible says, I speak what I have seen my father, sin with my father. And he was talking to the Jews, he said, and you do what you have seen with your father. He said, they keep lying because their father was the devil, but I stand the truth because my father is God. My father shapes my action, he shapes my behavior. That's what fathers do. If you are standing in front of your father, you don't misbehave. At least, that is if he's a good father, not the one that is smoking joint with <laughs> you. But if he's a true father, he will make sure he he shapes your behavior, shapes your action. Fathers are important because they reproduce themselves. When I was growing up, my father never puts, he never goes out the shirt on top. And when I go out, I don't for some reason I don't like tell, on, on talking my shirts. I don't know. It's not. It's not that it's not out of style. It's just that's what I saw my father do. Their fathers reproduce themselves. If your father is angry, there's a strong probability that you have a seed of anger in you. If your father is a polygamous person, there's a strong probability that you two will be running after girls. Your father produces you. The fathers reproduce themselves. That's why it's important. Not only that, fathers create conviction. If your father believes something and acts on his belief, that particular belief is transferred over to you. Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 14, reading from verse number 24, He says, He who does not believe, who does not love me, does not keep my word. And the word which you hear is not my word, but my father who sent me. So the things that I'm doing is a conviction that I receive from my father. Fathers create conviction. Fathers set ethical standards. You see a father who wakes up in the morning and he goes to work. You cannot sit down in the house and cross your leg and begin to deal. No, it's not possible. If your father is hard work, it's very difficult for you to be lazy because he will whoop the daylight out of you. If he's an African father, he come from where I come from. If he's on this part of the world where well, they begin to give you a suggestion. Where I come from, you don't get suggestion. They whack your head and you will not die. You may have headache, but you are not going to die. But fathers do say they set ethical standards. They set the standard of behavior. They set the standard of conduct. They set the standard of other relationship. When you see your father treat your mother very well, it is very difficult for you to have a girlfriend and be tossing her up and down.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee.